0: Well we've, we've got to uh, my most favourite part of Jesus' letter to the Laodiceans and uh, hopefully it will come on the screen Karen's doing a good job Jesus said here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in and eat with that person and they with me and in his letter, as we've been studying it, Jesus made it clear that these, the problem is their lukewarmness. And what they need to do is to buy from Him. Can you remember what you need to buy from Jesus? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, wasn't it? No, oh no, <laughs> that's what he got for Christmas, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that first Christmas. Gold, white clothes, white, clothes, white garments, and sow for our eyes. Clothes for our nakedness and sow for eyes. That's what we're supposed to buy from Jesus to counteract this lukewarmness. And now he's telling us how to do it. Which is to open the door and let him in. And I wonder since last week, does anyone else remember the name of their school caretaker? No. Yes. I remember it last week. You remember it last week? Yeah. We talked about the job, the role of a school caretaker, and that. Likewise, what we're learning from Jesus here is, as a school caretaker, uh, ordinarily on many many schools there is a schoolhouse purposely built for the school caretaker to live. School caretakers live on the school grounds so they can live where he works, to always take care of the school, the buildings and the grounds. But it would be a bit difficult for the school caretaker to look after the school buildings and the grounds if he he or she never left his schoolhouse. And what we're learning from Jesus is that he lives in our spirits. The Bible says that God poured the spirit of his son into our hearts. Jesus has been poured into into a believer's heart But it is difficult for him to look after the buildings and the grounds of our soul if we don't let him out of our spirits, into our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. And as the next slide shows, we looked at the very fact that Jesus who announced to the world, I am the good shepherd, Peter remarks that, for we've all like sheep gone astray, but now... You have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. The overseer there, the Greek word, can also be translated as caretaker. Jesus lives in your spirit. He's one with your spirit. But his, one of his roles is caretaker of your soul. And that is the door that he's knocking on. These Christians have received Christ. They're born again. Now they need to let him in to be caretaker of their souls. Our soul is the very wonderful God-given part of us. We, We learned last week that God has a soul. In Jeremiah, it says God has a soul. God is spirit and he has a soul. We are created in God's image as a spirit with a soul. And it's our soul that God wants to produce the fruit and the character of the Holy Spirit. To become transformed, to be more like his son. By the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit inside us to produce this 30, 60, 100-fold harvest of Holy Spirit's fruit inside us. And I learned last week, there are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit not seven. As As we counted them up, I made a mistake, didn't I? Unfortunately, our soul is also the part of us that experiences bitterness, anxiety, unforgiveness, pain, wounds... Our soul is a bit of a sponge. It just literally soaks up whatever is happening, whatever it experiences and sees. It's uh, just the way it is. So Jesus is knocking on the the, the door of our souls and saying, let me in. I want to be caretaker. I want to come in literally and eat with you. Sit down, have a conversation, have a relationship with you in the buildings and the grounds of your soul. And last week we ended up by... Looking at this psalm, I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Everyone's soul thirsts for God, whether they realize it or not. Right from a baby, everyone's soul thirsts for God. But is it possible for someone to never thirst again? Do you think that's possible? For someone to never thirst again? Did he? Did Jesus say it was? Where? Really? Okay. I've I've enjoyed reading reading Scripture together. Have you enjoyed reading Scripture together? Out loud? No? (laughs) Wendy, you don't have to take part. You can just read in your head okay all right so shall we attempt to read scripture without being put off when i make a mistake is that right okay let's let's read some churches stand up to read new testament is that correct yeah we haven't got that far yet, yeah, have we okay all right so you stay seated and we'll read together let's read together now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was being baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. According to Jesus, it is possible for someone to never thirst again. Well done, Jackie and Diane. Now, he didn't mean physically. Jesus designed our earthly bodies to require a continual intake of water, H2O. Okay? In this life, at least, our bodies are always going to thirst for water. But there is a part of us that we've just read, we've just read King David testify, that does thirst, and that is our soul. And who does it thirst for? For God. And here we witness Jesus telling the woman that if she knew the living water that he offered, it would well up in her to eternal life and she'd never be thirsty again. Not physical thirst, she'd still need to come back to the well water every day, but the thirst of her soul that could never be quenched no matter how many husbands she had, that soul thirst could be quenched. And this permanent soul thirst fix would come from drinking Jesus' living water that will become a spring in her and well up to eternal life. And then 13 chapters later in chapter 17, Jesus tells the world exactly what eternal life actually is. Jesus said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, he was praying to the Father at the time, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And that word know, is the Greek word genosko, which means intimate relationship. They would know you and me. That's eternal life. Eternal life is a proper, two-way, intimate relationship with Abba Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And how did Jesus explain to the woman at the well that this would become a reality, this eternal life, knowing the Father and him? How did Jesus explain that this would become a reality in her life so that her thirst soul would never thirst again? Yeah. By the Holy Spirit becoming living water inside her and welling up to this eternal life, having a relationship with the Father and the Son. According to Jesus, it is possible to have such a relationship with himself and the Father that your soul never need thirst again. Do you believe that? Yeah? Now, before I share the chorus of this old hymn, which will give it away, see if you can name it by just listening to the first verse. Are you ready? O soul, are you weary and troubled? Good song. Already? No, it's not It Is Well, but that is another good hymn. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. Peter? Yeah, i know the rest Yeah. There's a light for a look at the Saviour. And life more abundant and free. And the chorus goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yeah, oh, you get it now. Look full in his wonderful face. Yeah. Exactly. Those on Zoom, you would have no idea what people are. Well, you probably have an idea if you know it, but... Yeah, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. It is possible because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to have such a glorious relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that the things of earth grow strangely dim. It is possible that a swelling relationship, bubbling up, welling up inside your soul with the Lord and the Father inside you, that can quench the thirst of your soul to the extent that the worldly things your soul once thirsts for no longer have the same pull on you. They go strangely dim. Have you ever experienced that? Maybe the things that your soul once thirsts for no longer have any influence because of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's kind of like filled you up in that area. I'm doubting that anyone has got to the point where their soul thirsts no more. But it is wonderfully possible, isn't it, to have such a welling up of a knowing of Father and the Lord Jesus in our soul to the point where some of those things of the world grow strangely dim yeah let me ask you this when offered something tasty have you ever found yourself using the phrase no thanks I'm stuffed no yeah <laughs> you might have said it but not meant it oh one more wafer thin mint yeah oh dear No thanks, I'm stuffed. Can you see yourself one day turning to the devil who offers you his usual tempting treat and one day or this one time you're able to say, No thanks, I'm stuffed. (laughs) Probably in glory. Have you ever had that experience where the Lord... you've you've had an encounter with him or your relationship has grown with him to the point, maybe he's spoken to you from his word to the point where you've got it and it's transformed your thinking or you've sensed the Holy Spirit's power maybe you've been healed, whatever it is that you've gotten to the point in your journey with God, Christ in you, the hope of glory by the power of the Holy Spirit to the point where you have turned around to something that maybe has been harassing your soul for years and you've turned around one day and said no thanks yeah. I've had enough you know you've had enough of it yeah. but you've also feel you've been filled enough you don't longer thirst for that yeah. isn't that wonderful no thanks enemy no thanks addiction no thanks bad habit my soul Is full of eternal life. I'm stuffed. I no longer thirst in that way. I've got in my notes here written in pen, time for time of prayer. I thought it would be good to pause at that point and just ask our Father God to bring us to that point in something in our life. Maybe we've been battling. So let's pray, shall we?